So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Mino Lion Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin Waits again, and I'd like to welcome you to a new episode of Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits, where we unpack our bags, we sit around the campfire, and we just talk. I believe uh, on, on a global level, on a political level, within our communities, sometimes we forget to talk. Sometimes we forget to communicate, and I think it holds us back. So I created this platform for everybody and anybody uh, with, with a different perspective, from a different background, from a different culture to come on and just talk without being judged, ridiculed, put on the island. And so here we are. And I'd like to thank uh, my listeners from across the country uh, in about 15 different countries across the globe listening. Because when we, when we really think about it, I, I always warn people, just because it's called safe conversation, that mean we have soft conversations. We really uh, go deep and nothing is left off the table. So this week, I am extremely happy to uh, uh, make room for and invite my guest, Miss Shawana Miller. Welcome. Hello. How are y'all doing out there? Thank you, Mr. Kelvin, for having me on your podcast, Safe Conversations. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm really excited that you're here. Uh, if you would start off, please, by by telling our my listening audience, our listening audience about your background, your education, family, anything uh, you think we need to know about Shawana. So um, I'm from the great big city of Andrews, South Carolina. <laughs> I come from a single parent home. I have two other siblings um, that I grew up in a house with, and I'm the middle child there. And on the other side of my dad, I'm the oldest biological child, but I'm also the middle child because I have an oldest bonus sister as well. Um, so it's three or four of us on that side as well. Um, my education, I went to Winthrop University, graduated in 2017. My major was family and consumer sciences with a concentration in early childhood. And I taught for a little while. It was cool, but I moved out of the classroom. And I'm currently now getting my master's degree in a dual program with Walden University. I will be a mental health counselor and a school counselor when I am done, um, licensed, let's say that. And I'm also um, a podcaster. I have my own podcast called Shawana Speaks, and I'm a motivational speaker, and I use motivation and inspiration to encourage women's elevation, but I have male listeners as well, so I try to incorporate them in most of the things that I do. I host events, and I currently live in Charlotte, so it's the Queen City, and when I moved here last year, I decided to host an event called Queens in the City, Wow. And so I bring women together to um, just explore vulnerability and authenticity and what it looks like to be 
who you are, to discover the queen that's within you. I always have, like, God always gives me a color to use, and he gives mm. me the purpose for that color. So the first time we had was yellow, and that just represented um, just a newness and understanding what yellow meant and just shining bright and using your light. And then this time um, in July, I had one of those used green that was growing in green and so green just represents um fertility and nature and being one with that growth process that happens um with green and i'm sure i'll have another one soon but i'm just i'm currently just using my voice and my platforms to fulfill my purpose which i feel like people are my purpose. People are my passion. God put me here to speak to people, to encourage them, to empower them. Um, and through the experiences that I've gone through, I always used to tell myself, I don't have any expertise. I'm too young. But one of the things that God um, has shown me is that my experience is my expertise. What I go through helps me to be purposeful and powerful in those areas to help people. So um, that's kind of like a gist of who I am. And what I do in this world, <laughs> man. You you said a gist of who you are, but that was a lot. You know what I'm saying? That was like a whole <laughs> podcast episode for real, for real. That's a lot. Uh, one thing we got a few things in common. One thing we have in common is, you know, in the South we call the middle child a knee baby. I am also the knee baby. You know what I'm saying? We have we have that in common. Um, yeah. You 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 glazed over something. Now, I kind of want to go back to you said, uh, well, I was in the classroom for a little while and and then off you went. So <laughs> what was your experience in the classroom? Did you feel like it wasn't for you? I mean, what what? Let's go back to that. Um, so I taught pre-K babies. I started in K-5 and then I went down to K-3 and then I moved up to K-4. Mm. And so my last experience in a daycare was when I moved back home. And it wasn't really pleasant, but okay. most importantly, I felt like my time was up there because when I transitioned out of the classroom, I transitioned into nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. So I was AmeriCorps VISTA and I worked with Miss Ruby Kids, which is a nonprofit organization in Georgetown County. Um, loved my experience there. And so I realized that it was kind of more so still me in the teaching field, but mm -hmm. also being in that environment where I can change things like I can change minds, of course, as a teacher. But I wanted to like be more in that administrative executive role where I can actually put my hands to certain things in different um, diversities, like different communities. That's what it was mm -hmm. for me. So being able to do that outside when I transitioned into Miss Ruby's kids, I was like, this is more of what I want to do outside of the classroom, make more changes in communities and demographics. So I kind of like went there, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah. It just yeah. wasn't, it wasn't the level that God needed me to operate on anymore. Right. So let me ask you this. Do you, do you, let me, first of all, do you believe that, you know, we live our life in seasons. You agree with that? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Okay. So do you feel like your experience in the classroom was maybe a training ground to kind of get you prepared for your next kind of level? Absolutely. Um, I know that one of the things that being in the classroom taught me because I started before I even graduated, I worked with children at a school on campus. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I learned being in classes, being in the classroom and also being in my classes, learning about early early childhood is that we're all children, like adults are children. We're just children that grew up. And so the one thing that 
the training ground of being in the classroom taught me is that how to simplify things, how to break things down for adults. Because sometimes they don't understand. We we automatically assume that adults understand because they're older, when really that's not the case. Some of them have a mental capacity, I won't say as a, as a preschooler, but as a primary child or as a middle schooler. And so that taught me how to break things down for people so I'm able to reach different audiences. So I can talk to the middle schooler or I can talk to the pre-K child just as well as I can talk to the middle schooler, just as well as I can talk to a high schooler or an adult. So it taught me how to expand things and create different ways for different people to understand it in the way that they understand. So it was definitely a training ground for me. That's what's up. That's what's up. And I've learned myself just over the course of my own life that seasons and patterns, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they kind of guide us through the course of your life. And once you, you really figure out what your purpose is and you recognize what the pattern is, it's like a whole different level in a, in a new game entirely. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Reading your bio, right? Something really stood out to me. Uh, and it says, and, and I'm going to read it in my James Earl Jones voice, okay? Because it was it was powerful. You know, so I'm going to read it in my James <laughs> Earl Jones voice. It says, once we take the limits off, there are no limits to how far God can take us. Okay, I'm going to read it again. Mm. Once we take the limits off, there are no limits to how far God can take us. What do you mean by that statement? So um, for me, I grew up in an environment where not great, not too many great things happen. And I grew up on a street called Jones Avenue. And Jones Avenue has a stereotype that things happen on Jones Ave. And I think that it was worse when I got older, but because I grew there, I had limits placed on me. Like I wouldn't be this person. I wouldn't be able to become great. I wouldn't, um, I was just a fast little girl is what it was. And I wasn't even doing anything at the time, but sometimes people place limits on us because of the environment we come from. And sometimes we internalize those limits and place them on ourselves. And so one of the things that I've learned is that when we take the limits off of ourselves and we say, I can do this, like we sometimes see people doing things and we automatically believe, oh, that's just for them. That's just what they can do because they can do this because they came from this or they can do this because they had that. And I always tell people we have to learn how to humanize people that we idolize. So people like Beyonce, for example, I pray she doesn't find this podcast and do an NDA or anything. But <laughs> people like Beyonce, we say, oh, um, she she can be that because her mama was this, her mom was that. Beyonce became came into this world a human just like us. Beyonce grew up as from a baby to an adult, just like us. She had different experiences, but that didn't stop her from becoming who she is, which she's like the top performer, the top producing or whatever. People like Oprah Winfrey. So I learned to humanize people that I idolize. I, I humanized Oprah Winfrey. She was a little girl just like me. She, be, she went through experiences just like us. And so I'm learning that when I take the limits off of who I see these people to be or putting them on a pedestal, I take the limits off of them. I can take the limits off myself and God can then say, now I can use you. Now I can take you to this place. Now I can take you there because you're not telling me what you can't do. Like Moses did. You're not telling me what you can't do. Even if you do tell me that, I still am going to tell you what I can do with you. This is what I will do with you. And so I'm learning that, or I have learned that once I take those limits off and I stop saying what I can't do, God is going to do a miraculous things in my mind and in my life but it has to start in my mind so once I took those limits off I, I tell myself there's nothing I can't do you just got to do it so yeah. 
that's what that means. That's awesome, man. Uh, and we do. I mean, we all do. We put limits uh, on ourselves. As you were talking, I mean, you you made me think about a few times that that, that I put put limits on myself. I, you know, I remember uh, my daughter Jasmine. You know, my daughter was pretty good, right? Yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> she says, "Dad, let me ask you something." And this was a, two, three years ago, if that long. She says, "Man, I watch you my whole life." You, she said, you go hard. She said, you've always went hard. You, you work hard. You, you know, and she said, what, where does the drive come from? Nobody ever asked me that before, right? And, and so I had to really sit down and think about it. And honestly, Shawana, my drive at that time was the fact that I didn't want to fail, you see what I'm saying? It was almost like you ever heard the term uh term playing the game not to lose? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Instead of playing the win and enjoying it and living it, I was playing the game of life not to lose, you know what I'm saying, out of fear. But once I realized yeah. it, hey man, dude, walk in your purpose. You're here for a reason and figured out what that reason was, there was no limit. And then I'll share with you something else that was pretty funny. Uh, you know, I, I worked in uh, Horry County once. Uh, I was the deputy chief of police. And I had one of my uh, one of my officers ask me, hey, can you come to my church Sunday? I said, OK, and can you come? It's Men's Day. Can you just come and, and, and talk about something that men would enjoy? I said, OK, cool. So I really didn't know much about his church. He kind of told me where it was at. I didn't know if it was a mixed congregation. It was all white congregation, predominantly black, you know, it really didn't matter. But anyway, I kind of went into the situation blind. I knew what I wanted to talk about. So I get there and I'm sitting in the parking lot, got there about 30 minutes early because being a retired police chief and being in law enforcement, I wanted to get there early to see who was going in the church. So my wife was sitting there with me and, and about 1030, everybody started showing up. So we got there by 10 o'clock and it was during election time. And I remember seven out of 10 cars that pulled in had stickers in their car and the sticker said, vote for Donald Trump. I remember this like it was yesterday. And I don't know. I just got, I felt deflated. I felt deflated and I made the comment to my wife. I said, these people don't want to hear what the hell I got to say. I said it just that quick. I put a limit on myself. You agree? Yep. Yes, so I've been there. <laughs> I go in. Um, of course, you know, me and my is about 200 people. Me and my wife are the only two uh black people there. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, man, wow, these people don't want to hear what I got to say. You know, I'm gonna get up there and it's gonna be like, hey, whatever, get out, you know. And so I go up. You know, I talked about uh, men. I remember like it was yesterday. I talked about men and how uh, all men need to have certain tools in the toolbox, uh, you know, uh, courage, determination and sacrifice. And and I used a, uh, a hammer to, uh, you know, describe courage. I used a set of pliers to describe determination. I used the screwdriver to, you know, kind of as an analogy for sacrifice. And kind of brought it all together and Shawana, something happened. 
standing ovation and the people that I thought didn't want to hear what I had to say wouldn't let me and my wife get out of that church. Um, hey, come eat with us. Hey, hugs and handshakes. And, you know, and, and it was like, it was bigger than bumper stickers. You know what I'm saying? But I had to experience that to kind of get out of my own way. But, but again, we do put limit on our limits on ourselves. And, 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 and like you said, once we remove those, it's, it's like a totally different game. We move different. We see different, we talk different and, uh, and we kind of yes. get, get lined up, uh, within our purpose. So let me ask you, what prompted you to create your own podcast? Shawana Speaks. What prompted you um, to create that? So about my senior year in college, I start Snapchat came out. Like I think that was around my summer, my summertime or whatever. So they always say like Snapchat stories. So I used to get picked on a lot like during my college years, my senior year of college, because I would go on Snapchat and I would make stories. Like they were long, like three and four minute videos, but they're just about my life. And I just started speaking and I was getting traction on Snapchat where people would slide up and be like, oh my God, I needed to hear this. Oh my God, like I, I, I'm so glad you said this. I was thinking this. And one day I made my Snapchat story a video and I posted it to Facebook. And somebody was like, you need to create a podcast. And I wasn't really heavy on podcasts. I didn't know what podcasts were. Um, but I was just like, okay, I'll think about it. But I didn't do it at that time. And that was around 2017, 2018. Mm. I just would take my Snapchat stories and post them to Facebook. Like I would just make videos. And a while afterwards, I started doing YouTube. But then YouTube and like editing videos is just a lot. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't think I can do this. And so one day I literally just probably 2020, 2021, I think that's around the shutdown COVID time. I was like, I'm just going to go ahead. I started doing, um, can we talk Tuesdays with my co-host Ahmad at the time, mm -hmm. which is like a live podcast on Facebook where we would just talk about different topics. And then after that, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start my podcast. And so um, it gave me a platform to be able to speak to people irregardless of where I was. So mm -hmm. like on a video, if my hair is not done, then I'm not getting on video. If I'm at such and such place, I'm not doing that. But with my phone, like I, I record on my phone. So I use Anchor and I just started recording whatever it is that I needed to get the message out. And I let people know that I had a podcast, which... I'm working on doing more of that, but I just decided to start using my voice because in that time, God was pushing me because I knew that I had something to say. And I think I was more worried about what people would say about what I said. And I couldn't allow that to be the reason why I didn't use my gift. And so I started seeing my voice as a gift versus a glitch. Cause I used to think that something was wrong with me. Like I used, I was the girl that got in trouble for, um, talking all the time and talks out of turn and on my report card I would have all s's but I would have an s minus or n because I would be talking out of turn and it was because I had a lot to say and so once God showed me that there was nothing wrong with you there was something right with you like and do you need like people need your voice so I decided to create Shawana Speaks um and I don't record much videos now but when I do you know I drop them but most for the most part this platform is what I know is going to help women and, you know, the listeners period on what it is that they need to hear from me. So 
I have something to say. So I decided to go ahead and create Shawana Speaks and speak. <laughs> that's, so, that's so awesome, man. Uh, and, and, you know, my daughter, uh, she she put me on. Like I said, I didn't even know you had a podcast, but my daughter kind of put me on and she sent me an episode. And I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. So I am known, I pride myself on throwing a curveball every now and then to my guests. Nothing, you know, nothing crazy, but I really, I, I really want to uh, inspire people to just think and dig deep. You know what I'm saying? So what I want to talk about for a minute are black holes. You familiar? Black holes? Like in, in space? Are they in yeah, yeah, they're in space. Okay, yeah. I know black holes. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So I'm going to give you a definition, okay? I'm going to give you a definition okay. of a black hole. A black hole is a region of space-time where gravity is so strong that nothing, including light or other electromagnetic waves, has enough energy to escape it. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. That sounds pretty deep, don't it? I'm going to read it again. A black hole is a region of space-time where gravity is so strong that nothing, including light or other electromagnetic waves, has enough energy to escape it. And so my question for you, Shawan, is in two parts. Number one, do you believe that we encounter black hole-type situations in our lives? Mm. What you think? I think that we do. Okay. I think that we enter the situations. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So since you feel that way, have you ever, knowing what the definition is, have you ever felt like you were in a black hole? And if you did, how did you pull yourself out? I did feel like I was in a black hole. And that was during the time that I got pregnant. I got pregnant my sophomore year of college. I was 19. And I remember finding out I was pregnant and I remember crying. And I remember saying to my mom, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I believe that at that moment, my life was over completely. Because um, college was the only thing that I knew. Graduating in four years was the only thing that I knew. And I just knew God. So at that time, I also felt like God was going to be so far away from me because now I have the evidence of my sin standing in front of me and I'm going to have this baby every day. And I'm just going, I'm in a black hole. Like I'm never going to get out of the situation. God is going to condemn me to hell. This is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And I felt that way at 19 years old. Um, and after I had him, it was, it worsened because I was back at home um, my child's father at the time had left because he went back to school and I was by myself. My friends that I had, I, they left. Um, I was by myself with a baby at home, away from college, away from what I knew. And I knew that I was going to be here for the rest of my life working at Walmart because that's where I was at the time. Mm -hmm. 
And I didn't pull myself out of that hole. God did. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in my room crying and I called my sister because at that time I had um, ended things with my son's father. And I remember calling my sister and I said, I'm never like, this is my life. And she reminded me of the story of the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. And she told me that this was a process. And she said to me that initially they were only supposed to be there for 11 days, but they sent, ended up in the wilderness for 40 years. I believe 40, 40 years, 400 years, something like that. And what she said to me was, it's not about what you're going through. It's about how you're getting through it. And it's about your posture in that situation, your attitude. She said, because if you don't, if you don't fix your attitude in it, then you're always going to be in it. So it's about your posture and not the position that you're in. And when she said that to me, something broke and I cried still, but it broke the feeling of this is just my life and this never enough. She said the promise still, basically the promise still stands. It's still yours. You still can do this stuff, but you have to believe that. And so between her, me praying and God, those were the things that got me out of there. And so I had to see myself differently, see my situation differently, see where I was differently. And though I was in the wilderness and I was wandering, it still wasn't like God was going to come get me. He still mm-hmm. had promises for me. He just had to take me on a different path. And and honestly, um, I feel like he took me on that path, but I also had a hand in it, obviously. So I learned accountability in that that area of my life. And once I started holding myself accountable, I still was able to realize that I was anointed and God still had his hands on me. So um, I think taking that condemnation off myself and realizing that God still had compassion for me and God still had a plan for me was how I got out of that black hole. Wow. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Uh, And I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Like I said, you know, I I pride myself on throwing a little curveball. So let me ask you this. Me and you are in the elevator together, right? We get on at the first floor. Uh, I'm going up to the 14th floor. You're going on to the 20th. Somehow you realize that I'm in a black hole. I'm in a black hole. And you got about two minutes to talk to me, to tell me something. I could be suicidal. I could be getting ready to do something crazy. I could just whatever, but you got about two minutes until I get off of this elevator to tell me, to give me the keys, to tell me what I need to do uh, to get out of this black hole. What are you going to say to me in two minutes or less? Everything that, in two minutes or less, one of the things that I'm going to say is that everything that you've gotten through in this situation has gotten you to this point. So there's an indication that God has a track record of 100 and 0, so he's able to get you out of anything that you're going through. Stay there. Number two, I'm going to ask you whether or not you believe in who God is and the purpose that he has over your life. Because whether or not you believe, I guess it's not as important as for me to let you know that there is a plan over your life. And I recite Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. So whatever it is that you are going through, God is going to be in it with you because he has a plan for you. He's a man that cannot lie and his promises always have to come to pass. And so you have to just 
weather the storm. Speak to your storm. Uh, you probably haven't spoken to the storm yet. You're going through it, but you haven't spoken to it. And the same way that God spoke to the storm when the disciples said, well, do you not care if I perish? Do you not care what I'm going through? God, Jesus woke up and he spoke to that storm. He said, peace be still. And he said, why do you doubt? We have to have the faith that though I'm going through it, God is carrying me through it and I'm growing through what I go through. So do not end your life. Do not think that this is the end because there was a time where you thought it was the end and you made it to this point. So just keep going. It's a pattern, and but there's still a promise at the end of this pattern. So just keep going and God is going to carry you through it. That's what I would have to say to you. And that's how you save lives. That's, that's pretty dope. Yes. Your bio says, and I quote, meet Shawana Miller, a true force to be reckoned with, passionate, dedicated, and determined. I agree with all that. I agree with everything, you know, but in some cases, you know, just like I do, that sometimes people see your glory, but they don't know your story. In other words, they see where you are now and not you know, yeah. how you got there. So I guess in a nutshell, how did you get to this point of your growth journey? Mm, um, going through, like continuously going through and doing the hard work. Mm -hmm. I remember starting um, a process where I started looking back over my life and actually asking myself, what is my story? Do I have a story? What is my story? Um, Cause I was watching a Periscope and I don't even know if they still do Periscope but I was watching a Periscope at the time and this guy always said, um, all of us have one book in us. All of us have one book, we all have a story. And I was just like, I don't feel like I have a story. Like what is my story? Um, but I realized that, you know coming from a single parent home where my mom was the sole provider and we moved around not too much, but I remember moving to Columbia or moving, living with my grandmother for a little while and not understanding why. And in retrospect, seeing how she was just trying to provide, she was just trying to figure things out. Um, getting pregnant at 19 and realizing that that too was a statistic because my mother was a teenage parent and she got pregnant at the same time that I did. So realizing the patterns in our lives, um, but then being able to overcome that and say, well, I'm going back to school and I'm going to utilize my community and the resources that I have for people who took my child, not took him, but, you know, took care of him while I went back to school. Um, so I'm somebody that has always been determined to make it irregardless of where I've come from. So my accolades, of you know graduating college of getting my bachelor's degree of being a mother working three different jobs while in college to make sure that I had what I needed because I basically put myself through school um having the wherewithal to say that I want more and God showing me a vision of more and me going after that it says so much about who I am and sometimes I don't I don't acknowledge that because I kind of feel like it's bragging but then it's not bragging when you can back it up with the fact that God has literally always had your back. So um, for me, I've always been a, a girl that has believed in God, that has always trusted who he is. And I got saved at the age of nine. Mm. So understanding that that has always been a part of me. He's always been guiding my, my life. Even when I've done wrong, even when I didn't understand what I was doing, even when I didn't understand why he even was keeping me, 
um, having the mindset to say that I'm still going to go forward and push through has always been my mindset. And as I continue to face the things that I go through or have gone through, I can learn how to fix it with faith. I can't fix anything that I don't face. And that's been my driving force, especially as an adult, going back and doing the hard work um, in relationship with you know my dad, with my mom, all of that stuff. I've learned to simply do the work that it takes, even when it's hard, sit in it so you can become the best version of you because that's when you go, when you allow yourself to go through process, that's when you come out as a better product. So yeah. for me, that's all I know is to embrace the process. Yeah. And I love what you said. You said a couple of things. Fix it with faith. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and go ahead and get it made. You know what I'm saying? Make your millions. Remember me. That's yeah. a t-shirt. Fix it with faith. Uh, the other thing yeah. is sit in it. Sit mm -hmm. in it, man. D do the work. There's no, really, there's no way around it. You know what I'm saying? People think there's some magic pill or like on the matrix or some magic wand to get you you got to sit in and you got to do the work so I, I'm, I'm glad you said that uh i want to end the show a little differently today i've never done this before but but you are a special guest and i'm and i'm gonna do it i want to end it a different way so the way i want to end my show today is giving you an opportunity to ask me one question anything you want the first thing that comes to mind something you want to know about anything about Kevin Waits. Okay, so Mr. Kelvin, I have always known of you because Jasmine idolizes her, idolizes her dad um, and she loves you and I've heard her talk about you a lot. So my question to you is, what has pushed you to be the dad, girl dad or dad in general that you have been all your life and has that been something that you've seen in your life as well or is it something that you decided that this is what I'm going to be to my family hmm. wow that's a pretty good question and being totally transparent I got like chills when you asked me that you know what I'm saying I like like I like almost want to shed a tear you know what I'm saying but I, but I'm not going to do it I'm gonna fight it back but to answer your question I will I will talk about my dad, Isaac Waits, he's passed away now. But listen, I had, uh, my dad had every reason to be bitter about life. Um, he, you know, had a sixth grade education. He quit school because they had a uh, house fire. He grew up with his grandmother and his uh, younger brother and sister. And he was the oldest, so he had to go to work. My entire life, I've never seen him raise his voice. You know what I'm saying? He was always positive, but probably the most, uh, not crazy experience, but the thing I remember most about my dad was he loved, it was three boys. He loved his kids. He loved his kids. And again, even though he had an opportunity to be bitter about life and transfer some of the yucky stuff that comes along with being, you know, with, with, with life. He didn't do that. He he did not transfer. His thing was, hey, you need to be better than I was. I only had a sixth grade education. You got to go beyond. The sky's the limit. My job is to make sure that you do better than I did. And I remember an experience uh, one uh, Saturday morning. Uh, we were living in Harlem at the time. We you know we grew. I grew up in Harlem. First ten years of my life and. We lived on the 14th floor in the projects. My mom was at work and it was me, my dad, and my older brother. 
And my dad had made these uh, pancakes that he just thought was the bomb.com. You could only eat one because they was like the whole size of the pan. But we were sitting there and everything was cool. Everything was cool. It was good energy. Um, and all of a sudden, he just started crying. He just busts out crying. And I'm a little kid. You know, my, my older brother, six years older than I, so I just started crying. I don't even know why I'm, I'm crying because my daddy cried. I don't even know what was wrong. And we were like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And so finally, when he calmed down, he said, I'm just happy. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm just happy. Now, as a kid, okay, yeah, you happy? I, I get it. I didn't, I didn't really get it until I got older and I heard the whole story. And the whole story, Shawana, was that he grew up a mile away from his biological dad. His biological dad had another family. He couldn't go and talk to him. And he was right down the street. He had to grow up in that type of environment, that type of culture. Um, if he had issues or he had problems, he couldn't go down the street and talk to him. His biological dad lived with an entirely different family and he did not have access to his kids. And for him to, to feel that moment the way he did, and for me to see and witness the happiness, you know what I'm saying, that, that manifested through him crying, because he had a relationship with his kids, that set me, to answer your question, that set me on the course um, to really have an, 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 a relationship with my kids, to really work to lift my kids up, to really make sure that my kids went above and beyond. Not, not by myself, because, you know, my wife's in it, you know, we're in it together. But to answer your question, that set me on that course, uh, because I knew he helped me understand how important it was to have a relationship with your kids. Now, uh, and, and I heard this term one time, uh, not so much to be friends with your kids because it's hard, it's hard. But someone said once, you know, as, as a parent, you're not necessarily supposed to be their friend, but you're supposed to be friendly. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, my kids will tell you I'm crazy. And when it comes time to telling them the way it is, and setting them straight, I'm I'm not holding that back. They go they gonna get it, right? Get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they can. We've always had a relationship where we we can talk about anything. There's nothing that they can't tell me. Number one that I hadn't heard, um, seen, or done. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's nothing that bad that they can come into. Other than hey, daddy, I, I killed about ten people. I'm a serial killer. Outside of that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we can <laughs> we can we can talk about anything. But again, to answer your question. My dad set me on that uh, on that course with the way the love he had um, for his kids. I guess I do okay. I asked you a question. You did. You did wonderful. I, I appreciate that. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. So listen, man, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time. I knew it was going to be magical. I knew the energy was going to be popping. You know what I'm saying? I knew it. I knew it. So have yeah. you enjoyed yourself? <laughs> I did enjoy myself. It was a great episode. I really do appreciate talking to you. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do this again. <laughs> oh, we are because I'm coming on your show whenever you tell me. I'm, I'm you know, I ain't like yep. barging my way on your show. I ain't like barging my way <laughs> on. Whenever you're ready, let me know and 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 I'll be there just so we can continue the yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. Of course, we will definitely. I will let you know when I'm I'm ready for you. I'm doing a um a series right now 
called Moms um, that's okay. coming out in September. Gotcha. So it's going to be uh, Moms, which is an abbreviation called Mothers on a Mission to Succeed. Mm -hmm. And it started out as a, a nonprofit idea with okay. a project that I did in college, but I'm going to turn it into a podcast series. Word. So what's that? I, that's, I might have to put you in there. I look forward to hearing that. That's going to be pretty dope. Mm -hmm. So tell me, Shawana, how can uh, the listening audience find your podcast or reach out to you? You said you do motivational speaking. How can someone who just wants to listen to your podcast or bring you in as a motivational speaker find you and get in contact with you? Okay. So um, if you want to, you know, book me or talk to me about, inquire about speaking engagements and arrangements, my email is shawanaspeaks2 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-W-A-N-A speaks, the number two at gmail.com. Um, if you want to hear my podcast, you can listen on Shawana Speaks. Type in Shawana Speaks on any um, streaming platform. I'm on Google, Spotify, uh, Apple the whole nine. If you got a, a, a streaming podcast platform, then I'm on there. It's Shawana Speaks, S-H-A-W-A-N-A -A Speaks. That's the podcast. And then if you just want to connect with me via social media, my Facebook is Shawana Janice, J-E-N-E-S-E -E -E Miller. And um, I have Instagram, which is Shawana Speaks as well. You can contact me there. We can DM, talk, whatever you want to do, or just listen to the podcast or catch any of my videos. You can watch those there as well. That's what's up. That's dope. Well, y'all, you have listened to another conversation, a safe conversation uh, with Kevin Waits, and you heard it first from Shawana Miller. God has a track record of 100 and oh, you heard it first here. He has a track record of he's, he doesn't have any losses. OK. And the other thing is fix it with faith. You heard it from Shawana. Uh, we had an awesome episode. Thank you all for listening to a new episode. And I'll see you next time. Peace. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Waits. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcasts. Find Kevin Waits on Facebook at Kevin Waits and join the Safe Conversations group. Follow the Mino Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mino Line Media. Get the Mino Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. So you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 